What's up, podcast listeners? On this episode of the podcast, I'm hanging out with Corey Carlson. Corey Carlson is an executive coach, business, and leadership coach at Five Capitals, and he is helping make people have a better home life, straight up. He has really, really focused and leveraged working with with, um, CEOs, executives all around the world to how to basically prepare their home life for the work that they do and how to focus on having an amazing life at home, whether you're married, whether you're on your own, you know, and just just creating a very, very sound foundational home life that helps spring forward your business career, but you come back to and know what's important the most. And so I love just being um, able to pick his brain, learn a little bit. He may have done a little executive coaching for me on this show as well, too. So he's just a fantastic, fantastic guy. He's an author, Win at Home First. I would highly encourage you to take a look at the book as well, too. So Corey, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. Corey, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Matt, thank you very much for the invite and excited to to talk with you today. Thank you. We got the introduction by Aaron Mason, who's the chief influential officer, chief visionary officer for Nextdoor Photos. And when he made the intro, he said, I got the perfect guy to have as a guest. It was Corey. So excited to have you. You're doing some awesome stuff in the leadership executive coaching space. You're doing some awesome stuff and in, in, uh, you're launching your own podcast. You've got a book. I mean, you, you, you've got a family. I don't know how you juggled all or managed it all, but I'd love to hear the story. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I had a chance to meet Aaron at a conference in, uh, in the fall, late fall. And just one of those guys that as you, you, you met him, he's just contagious. I uh, want to talk with him. So when he made that intro and did, to you, I was like, absolutely, let's figure this out. And I think both you and I were pretty quick to, to jump on the email re- replies to set this up. Absolutely. Let's make it work. So two, two good people being introed by a, a guy who, yeah, he's literally a cup of coffee in a body. He just is fired up all the time. He's high on life. He's, it's just good stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you'd be willing to share, I'd love just to hear your story, your background, kind of what's led up to today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was a civil engineer by degree in, uh, at University of Missouri. So started my career in Kansas City. And just from kind of, I guess, more speed, just kind of share some of the highlights out of it was was doing engineering, did not like the engineering role itself. I just I, I, it wasn't giving me life. Fantastic company in Kansas City I worked for. I'm still in contact with leaders there. However, it just it wasn't for me. And but I didn't know what was at the time. I took the LSAT thinking maybe I should go to law school got accepted, but then changed my mind, went and got my MBA, and then got involved in civil engineering construction product sales. So it was basically taking my technical background mixed with sales, which I loved engaging with people. I just didn't, I did not know that job existed. So joined a company in Kansas City, grew the territory. I was in sales, typical sales hierarchy, right? You grow the territory, they cut in half, they hire someone, put them in there, and they expect you to do the same. Luckily, I was able to do that and then got promoted, moved to Denver to manage uh, people and, and, and states. And then I got promoted to Cincinnati. And when I got to Cincinnati, it was an awesome opportunity. But there was a moment where I was in, in charge of a couple of different product lines and they weren't performing well when I got there. 
and just the kind of the the hits that I was taking and at, at the moment I was kind of have my identity tied to the success or failure of these businesses and so it was just kind of wearing on me and I was the the people that reported up through me I was you know kind of driving hard to get results less about relationships more about the results and it just wasn't working wanted to get an executive coach and basically was through kind of some neat stories was introduced to an individual who became my executive coach hired him and it and it changed things and that was about probably eight years ago when I hired the executive coach his name's Brandon he's with five capitals had him executive coach and started just to become a better leader at the job as well as at home taking these different concepts and principles using them in in my leadership and those that I impacted influence. I took one more corporate move where I became president of sales for a national contractor, ended up having about 30 sales reps throughout the country reporting up through me. And I was using these tools. When I started to see these, these individuals start to date their spouses again, start to uh, be intentional with their kids, but our bottom line was also improving, I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this for more you know, for to impact more people. So about three and a half years ago, I decided I'm leaving corporate America to take these tools, these concepts, these ideas and go share them with as many people that will listen, hundreds, millions, whatever, wherever uh, God takes it. And so about three and a half years ago, I left corporate to basically start a, a coaching practice. And I, you know, work with, you know, five capitals who I mentioned earlier was who I first had my coach. And so that is really kind of what got me into this line of work was I was a client before then ended up seeing the difference. And it's like, I got to do this for others. So that's basically from a career standpoint, how I got to this moment, Matt. Yeah. So I, I gotta, I gotta ask you had the wherewithal as a leader to say, I need to make some improvements or I've got some blind spots or I just want to get better, whatever it is to, to, to call upon an executive coach pretty early on. Right. So that was, you said eight years ago. So what, what was, how, how did you know to do that? Or how did you think that that was the right solution? I mean, where did that come from? Yeah. You know, I, at that time I was reading books and, you know, Harvard business review articles or whatever else I get my hands on, obviously eight years ago. Uh, I don't even know if podcasts were around. If they were, they definitely weren't part of my daily rhythm. Um, but I was listening to all these different inputs from in all different sources, but I wasn't able to figure out how to take a little bit of all that noise and figure out of all this noise, which one am I going to grab a hold of and incorporate into my leadership? And then who, who's going to help hold me accountable to those and keep me focused? And so as I was getting all these inputs, I was struggling with the execution of them in some of all that learning you'd hear about executive coaches and how coaches are important. Well, at the time when I decided, I, or when the time I went to get the executive coach, I went to my boss, a guy named Tom, who I loved. But we were traveling every week going de different directions throughout the country. And I just said, I love when I get to talk to you. You provide a lot of help and guidance, but we're busy. We don't get to talk a lot. And it was kind of like, hey, get an executive coach. You know, I've, I've always used them. And I was like, oh, man, it's that easy. I wish I would have known uh, earlier, 
So, yeah, it's a no-brainer yeah. like that. You get, come on, what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah you <laughs> told me that when I accept this job. So that <laughs> part, awesome. I mean, that was part of the, the the piece. And you know, meanwhile, at the same time, I was feeling the stress of all right, work is not you know going super well from the standpoint I'm not executing my my business lines or you know in trouble. I'm working a lot, and so that's affecting home. And it's affecting, you know, not, not work, you know, missing a lot of workouts and missing out on, you know, things like that. Cause I was working too many hours. So you mix all that in together. It wasn't working for me and I needed help. And I, and so that was part of the reason for the reach out for the executive coach. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So for you, um, did it, obviously there was like training and onboarding and a whole process to becoming an executive coach, but from the lens, like is most of, hmm, how do I ask this question? When you first got a coach to when uh, you transitioned into being a coach, right? What was the difference of being somebody, like how did you switch mentally from being on one side of the table, being coached to then flipped it to the other side of the table and being the coach? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, to be, you know, when you are being coached, no matter who it is, whether it's by a mentor for free or it's by a paid coach. I, I hope all these listeners after hearing this will go find somebody that can be a guide for them, whether that's a paid or it's not paid, but go find someone that will do it. And in that process, I had to have a position of humility. Like, all right, I mean, my hands are open. I'm ready to receive your guidance. Um, my way is not necessarily completely work, so I'm open to ideas. And so if I got taught something or assigned an action item, I went and did it. So it's having the humility to actually receive the, the advice. And, you know, that, that that's a big piece. I mean, I have had clients before or even not clients, just someone I'm trying to mentor. And you, you can tell they push back on everything you're saying. It's like... You know, it's it's not going to work. So you got to have that humility. Then you got to have the courage to take the action. Like, do you have the, the the guts to actually go forward with an idea? And so I find though that those two are extremely helpful. So for me, when I was being coached, if, if I learned something, I turned around and used it pretty much right away with my team. And that was getting the traction. That's how I was starting to get movement because I was quick to apply. And then, so I think that was a big piece. Then switching roles when I became the coach or how I am today, one is is to, to, be, a, to be a great listener, is to actually listen to what's going on. A lot of times I'll talk about with coaching is the, the client, they, have, they, they know the answer. The answer is within because they're the ones living the day-to-day of their work environment, their coworkers, their home life, all those pieces. You just got to listen well. And a bad coach or a bad mentor does all the talking where a good coach will sit there, listen, ask good questions, try to peel it back. So the first one is, is listening. Uh, another key component is being able to speak truth where if you see someone slipping up in an area, just, it's not a free pass. I mean, when I get hired by someone, I'm not there. I'm not, I'm not hired to be a friend and a, a, a yes man or an, a, an attaboy. Yes, I do encourage them. <laughs> yes, almost every single client I've had, we became great friends. Um, 
but it's that ability to speak truth and say, man, you're, 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 you're slipping. You need to be going on dates with your wife or you've got to do one-on-one -on -one meetings with your direct reports. You've got to hold them accountable. So I think it's, li I mean, it's listening and then speaking truth. Those are two key components of the coach. Yeah, I love, I love that. So one of your messages you've mentioned a couple times, and obviously I've, I've been following along with some of the content that you're creating is big into winning at home. Right. And so you're, you're, it's, it's the leader who is, is out there killing it in the business world, but then is, you know, hopefully killing it with their family as well too, or maybe struggling and how you can improve their lives when it comes to that. So what is it that sort of throughout your life or your career that spoke home to say, I really want to step into helping leaders not only win in their business careers, but also live into uh, their, their lives with their, with their spouses, with their kids, whatever that might be. How, how did that transition? How did you really want to dive into that? Well, from personal experience, unfortunately, um, I have a mentor in my life. He always he says the word uh, wisdom, spelled D-U-M-B where uh, we usually get our wisdom from making dumb mistakes. Um, and I, Chris is his, is his name, Hartenstein, who says that. And I just, I love it. Because unfortunately, a lot of my desire to win at home is because I have made mistakes. So in my own life, uh, you know, making mistakes that you know, affected my marriage early, you know, early on because I was you know, taking my identity and who I was to my work, as I mentioned earlier, the engineering role, when that wasn't fulfilling, well, then I started taking my questions of who I am and what kind of man am I and am I successful, all those things. I was taking my wife and maybe she wasn't able to answer them or fill my cup the, the, the way that I thought I needed, which, first of all, is never fair to our spouses to be putting that type of pressure on them. That's a, uh, a recipe for disaster. So when that didn't work, well, I made a, a stupid choice, you know, and I you know ended up myself ended up having an affair fast forward a few years i found myself doing identity back with uh my value my worth and so i was on this hot pursuit for making a lot of money and so it was this real estate pursuit that i had as a side hustle and unfortunately my time was right before the recession so that didn't work out so that became a big issue and so you take kind of those two situations where I was going to other places to kind of get my wins and seeing it didn't work out. And so it, through a real fun story over the last 10 years, I was you know able to kind of reset my identity of, of who I am and really uh, a strong pursuit in my faith and in relation with Jesus and all those different things took place, which was amazing. And in that, as I started to be a leader, much more from a, a vulnerable position of sharing my story with other people, uh, sharing them tools and ways that helped me recalibrate and course correct, it was amazing how many people could relate. They had slipped up in their marriage. They'd slipped up at a job or they had a business that failed for a variety of reasons. Whatever it may have been, all these different mistakes that people have made that they did not know how to overcome. A term that I use a lot is they have this head trash that due to a mistake that they've made, the head trash that they listen to on repeat is because of this mistake you made, you can't ever do this in the future. You know, because I had an affair, that means I can never be a good husband. Because I lost a lot of money through real estate, that means I can never have a successful business. 
That's head trash. That's a lie that, you know, the devil's wanting us to get a hold of. And for me, I've proven both of those wrong. You know, my wife and I celebrated 20 years of marriage this summer. We're able to, you know, go share this publicly via a book and obviously talking about a podcast. You know, financially was able to uh, change that around, launch a coaching practice and having success there. So that head trash. And so to be able to help other people overcome, that's been my mission. Like I want to help people not only when at work, because there's things that we use to help with culture and vision and values and emotional intelligence, all these different pieces that we help companies with. But also along the way, if you're only focused on work, man, there's things that can fall off around. And so it's putting that extra focus on people of, hey, how are you doing? Are you winning at home? Are you going on dates with your spouse? Are you intentional with your kids? When you're home, are you engaged or are you on your phone or sitting on the couch? And having those type of conversations because, uh, you know, a phrase we use a lot is as a leader goes, so goes the company. And if things aren't well at home, they will eventually creep into work. You have that fight in the morning with your spouse, especially in 20, you know, in 2020, you have a fight in the morning with your spouse at home. There's more likely some negative text going back and forth throughout the day. Well, that happens, that's taking you off your A game during a work meeting because you look at your iWatch or your phone and you see a nasty text from your spouse. So great leaders have to win both at home and at work for sustainable success. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's And and I want to mention this. Um, obviously, you're, you're comfortable to share this, but thank you for being vulnerable to talk about some things in your past. Obviously, I'm, I, I, that's taken some time, but I appreciate you being willing to share that. And I, oftentimes when people are vulnerable and not afraid to share their mistakes or what they've gone through, their hardships, that spurs it on in somebody else to have the courage to do the same thing. So thank you for that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it helps someone listening as well, for sure, that uh, it's, a, it's a message that they needed here today when they're listening to it. So I got a, I got a challenging question for you. Are you okay with it? Yeah. So you think about you as a young uh, leader emerging, recognize in yourself that you needed some improvements, right? And you wanted to strive to get better. And you had the courage to go get a coach. And at least maybe it started with reading articles to improve or whatever that might be. But you had the courage to at least recognize, hey, I want to step out and do something greater. It, how do you balance like the leader that really, really, really needs to improve or need the help, needs the help, but they aren't aware enough to go get it versus the person who is hungry enough to recognize that they need it. And how, how do you sort of part of an organization as a coach? I mean, how do you balance the two of like they're the people unaware enough to recognize that they need some help or improvement or blinded by that. And then the people who are humble enough to step into those and recognize, yeah, I, I, I do know that I need this and I need somebody else to help me through it. How do you balance that? How do you coach that? How do you lead into that? How do you, I mean, does that question make sense? It does make it does make sense. I mean, some people just don't want to be coached. They don't think they need help. Um, I you know I run into I run into it all the time. I mean, uh, just different individuals that you know maybe bump or bump into, or you ask them, have they ever had a coach? No, and they don't need to. Some people just don't. Um, they don't think they need it. They think they got it figured out. I'm going to pull up my own bootstraps. You know, a real man does it on their own. You know, a real man can figure it out. Well, that's not true. I mean, real men actually have 
coaches and and um, people alongside. I mean, the idea, I mean, the lone wolf will get taken out. And so if you're trying to do everything on your own, not get outside counsel, not have an outside perspective to bounce ideas off of, not get new inputs, eventually you're going to be tapped out of you know what to give kind of that idea of a uh, you know reservoir versus, versus a river right if you've got no inputs eventually the water's just going to run out and so some people just don't want to be coached and it's uh, it's unfortunate until they're desirous of growing and then you, you are stuck if you have that direct report that reports up to you then you know that's a, as a leader you've got to step up and speak truth that this individual needs some help in coaching, whether it's to improve their social uh, intelligence, whether it is to get better on time management, whether it's to get better on strategy, whatever the area that they lack in is like they, that they need some help with. If you're a leader listening to this, then that's on you to you know challenge and, and provide the funding, provide the, the resources to help them grow. And then I think for the you know for that listener who maybe is the entrepreneur, the CEO does not have you know that that leader to maybe speak into them, and you just got to ask yourself you know what are do you have a board of advisors? Do you have a mentor in your life? And if if, if not, you know who is um, helping you? Who's holding you accountable? So I I, I think. You know, uh, through marketing right now, there's obviously this big trend. It's been going on for a long time. You know, we've heard about, you know, the Hero Guide and Joseph Campbell's, you know, book about that Hero Guide and Donald Miller and the story brand. There's so much of that. I mean, I think more and more people are getting open to the idea of I need a guide. If I'm going to do anything, I need I want to hire someone to go before me. So I, I've hired an executive coach. I when I wrote my book, I hired a writing coach. As I am launching my podcast, I've hired a podcast coach. Like I have tried to do things on my own enough and realize, you know what? There's a little shortcut here that if I can invest, then I can learn quicker and learn someone else's mistake, um, you know, as opposed to having to learn my own way. So, you know, big, I'm with the, Coaching group that I'm with is called Five Capitals, and it's these five different capitals that we believe in this order. If you live them out, then you can live a life to the full. And so, not going into the whole teaching of it, but the high level is, you know, hey, it's number one spiritual, number two is relational, number three is physical, number four is intellectual, then number five is financial. One of the key things we'll talk about is leverage lower capitals for a higher capital so if that financial capital it's the lowest one if you so think of this from a lawn mowing example you know you and i talked about the the lawn mowing business that uh you know before we got on air that you were involved in i would much rather use a lower capital i would much rather pay somebody to mow my yard so i can go hang out and throw the football around my son because that's relational capital, right? So I'm using a lower capital, number five, for a greater capital, number two, spending time with my son. And so you could do this kind of all day long of ways to use lower capital for a higher capital. Same thing takes place in, in the idea of coaching. If you, if you have to invest yourself or your company's money for this, it's to take lower capital, financial, to invest in those higher capitals. 
Spiritual is about purpose. Help you define what your purpose is. What are your vision and values you're going after? It gives you a relationship, you know, guide to help you, you know, you can bounce ideas with, hold you accountable, speak truth in your life. And then obviously intellectual is even above that. So you're learning new tools and, and, and concepts that you can start to incorporate in your day to day. So that's a lens that often can help some people. But at the end of the day, Matt, if someone thinks they got it figured out, well, um, there's not much we can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to let, you got to let them realize that they don't or let them, uh, see how far that takes them and figure out when they need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. I love that. So, all right. I got, I got, I think I got a couple more questions. My, my one right now. So we talked to, I think a little bit about this, but so I'm a, I'm a relatively young single guy running a business, right. And I can afford to, uh, put, 70, 80, 100 hours of my time towards my company just because of the lifestyle and it works for a season. Um, but what can I be doing or the listeners now who have either, you know, not stepped into marriage life or not, you know, maybe went through a divorce or whatever that might be, but what can sort of the, the single person be doing to improve their winning at home attitude so that when they do have somebody step into that with them, uh, that they, they've already a notch up. Obviously, nothing goes perfectly as planned, but like, what are just some actionable steps that people can be taking to sort of win at home, even if they don't have a spouse yet or life circumstance change that? No, it's, all, it's, a, it's an awesome question. I think, you know, the very first item to do is how are you doing from, uh, you know, quiet time? Are you spending time in solitude, whether it's for prayer for some of the listeners, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, but we see, we're seeing more and more like scientific evidence now of what the value of solitude is. And I'd start now incorporating solitude in your life. I mean, for Matt, for you, how solitude in your life? Yeah. So I, one thing that I've done like I've got like a 12 minute quiet time routine. I wake up, I make my bed, I say a quick prayer, and then I either write a letter or uh, journal something. And then I've got like a short little devotional. So like when I'm doing well, that's like a 25 to 30 minute routine. If it's a quick one, uh, it might be 10 minutes, but I've, I, I have done a decent job at having that little snippet. Some days are a little bit more distracted than others, but at least I have a routine of some of that. Um, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. You know, a, a concept, you know, I learned, you know, while, you know, while ago, I mean, is just even looking at Jesus's life, right? Who was a single guy and just bounced between this up in and out. So up who is, you know, he would go and, and have quiet time. So for all of us, are we having that quiet time? And on my bad days, I mean, I'll, I'll wake up and, you know, run to the gym and then go straight into work if I'm not careful. Now, on my good days, it, it's similar, right? It's devotion, it's journaling, it's, it's that calmness. And those are always, always my better days, for sure. Even though um, sometimes I can allow the grind of work to, uh, you know, get in the way. And so, you know, looking at that uh hey, what does that up look like in your life are you kind of going up to re get connected with your identity with your purpose um you know with god if that is for you or not next is the end what does it look like in your life with friends i i've heard it said before that in order to be a great spouse you got to be a great friend and so what do friendships look like in your life if you're single 
are you do you have regular rhythms with some key people in your life i'm not talking about like 30 people i'm just talking about just a, a small group of people you're doing life with that uh, they know the ups and downs you're going with their um you know those peaks and valleys and and if and if you're one of those who's listening that's working all the time burning the candle both ends I encourage you now to start slowing that down to incorporate reaching to have some friends in your life. And trust me, this, if you, uh, this will come back to, you know, even kind of haunt you again when you're married with kids. It happened to me a few years ago when I was a president of sales at that job I mentioned earlier, I was traveling every week. And then when I came home, I want to be super husband and super dad. So I through my coach and just some, talking or having some conversations i almost i realized i had no friends like i mean i could call a guy up to go grab a beer and hang out but really at the end of the day no one really knew what was going on in my life um i just kind of always told him hey i'm busy and what was happening is i was kind of getting empty and having that pr that pressure that encouragement to reach out well that fast forward now it's totally different I've got some men that I'm doing life with. I've got a men's group. Went on a hiking trip here this fall with a group of men. I mean, some different things where now my life looks different. So if you can't handle relationships now as you're single and you don't have those close friends, I'm telling you, it only gets more difficult. It's not like you get married and all of a sudden the floodgates open and now you got time for friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Changes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so, I totally. mean, I would encourage the two things. I would encourage what does it look like? from a you know your spiritual capital standpoint we talked about that um and then relational capital are you doing friends with or life with friends outside of your job yeah yeah that's a good word cool i need to spend a little time reflecting on that but my uh the the my favorite question and i think it's a good transition from what you just sort of talked about is from all the different things that you've uh, you've done in your life, both mistakes and successes. What is it ultimately that you feel like gets you out of bed the morning the most? It's helping people. It's it's you know the thing I the personal vision statement that I use right now is help you know is uh, you know connecting people to greater performance and even more significant purpose. So what gets me going is I want to help people. You know, when at work and at home, and the greater purpose is if I can get them, you know, growing more spiritual in their in their faith relation with Jesus, awesome. But I also can tell you that one of my greatest client stories and relationships, we actually couldn't even talk about God, but I got him him working with the the idea of a greater purpose. That his life was not just about the eight to five; it was about a much greater thing, and helping him see that. So for me, my vision statement is connect people, greater performance, even more significant purpose. And that is what gets me going um, throughout the day. And when I'm get off track, I get reminded of it to recalibrate. I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, and then one last piece that I wanted to, to, to give you a, a chance on, you've touched on it a little bit, but do you want to just share uh, a little bit about your book and then where people can, can find you as far as uh, social handles or where they can find your book? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So as I was coaching individuals, uh, executives, business owners, and then would do some group activities with you know mid-level managers, what I ended up 
always happening is I would help with the business and then I'd find myself saying, you have to win at home first in order to have success at work. So we'd start working on their home, as I've mentioned before. So the title of the book became Win at Home First. And in that book, share a lot of different tools, concepts that I've used in my own life, as well as have a successful track record with clients. So the name of the book, Win at Home First, it's available on Amazon, Kindle, Audible, all those different places. And Forbes put an article out that it's one of the top seven books every member of your team should read. So that was a, a fun note to receive when they put out that article. Yeah, you don't, don't hate waking up to seeing that. That's no, awesome. That was pretty cool. It was very cool. And Congrats. teams have read it and used it and provided great feedback for it. So it could be a good resource. It's got a lot of questions at the end of each chapter that really, it's not just inspiration. It also helps with application. Yeah, so good. So Coach good. Group I'm with is Five Capital, and then a website is is theirs as well as on social media I'm at Carlson Corey, as well as my website CoreyMCarlson.com. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll make sure to include all that in show links as well too. But. Great. Corey, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. This has been awesome. It's leaving me to go about my day well-inspired. I don't even need a cup of coffee this morning, so thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for the opportunity to be on this uh, podcast, and hopefully it's a, a blessing to your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much.